And here we go. We're going live. I don't know what's going on with my setup here, but checking connection and we are now live. Good afternoon, everyone. How are you guys this lovely and actually quite beautiful Tuesday afternoon here in Southern California? Hopefully everything is well. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for joining me in this archiving moment for this wonderful Tech Tuesday show. Hello, Teggy, Flynn, Ho, good seeing you as well. Chirochino, good afternoon. CJ Hickey 20 and Kiru Singh, thank you for joining me. Sam, I'll be seeing you later on. Good afternoon, R35R13. Void Leecher, good seeing you. Fontana's in the house, courtesy of James A. Jimenez. Ken, thank you, you're the man as well. Spongeo, good seeing you. B5 Dad, greetings indeed. Five morons saying, help build my car, please. I'll be more than happy. I have a lot going on here, but I love building cars. Hey, uh, views from the man cave. Cool screen name. Thank you for joining me. Good afternoon, Jake the Ginger. Teggy says, my vibe is so great. Keep it positive. Amen. And it's all about positivity. I can only focus on things I have control on. Hello, Frankie Mugen. Good seeing you. Woohoo! Carbo. Carbo. Live episode. Thank you for joining. What's up with the... Plans for the Viper. We built that already. Plans are just to drive it and enjoy. Looking forward to this one, says Ultimate. Thank you so much, sir. Any new projects? Yes. I have, oh, I wonder, forgive me, YouTube guys. I always do this to you. So I'm gonna show this right here. I'm finally gonna try and show it over here. I'm finally going to, right there, you can see it. I'm finally gonna do a built engine in my crazy Cayman. And behind me, I have an ES300 that I've been driving from Lexus. Really cool car. Hello, AJ Thompson from the UK. Good afternoon. Joe Waters, one, two, three, hello. Mike at Peterbilt says, I'm a great builder. Thank you so much. It's not just me. I have a great team. It's a team effort. Um, I love building stuff, but I cannot do this without my team. I think one of my team members, Sam, is here. He's a magnificent fabricator. Um, thank you so much, Nathan. Appreciate that. Absolutely love your 935, says Flip Bro Strom. Thank you so much. And I want to talk to you guys today of why I built this K3V. Why did I build it? Why does it exist? Well, in a nutshell, the OEMs are partners that we've been working with for quite a few years. We have partners with partnerships with the OEM side from American Honda, with Hyundai, with Ford, with TRD. And all of these manufacturers are now focusing some of their efforts or quite a bit of investment into EV builds, and I was really against it. I, you guys, a lot of you know me. I am a diehard petrol guy, and just like the muscle code that said, any plans for another retro build? Yeah, I love older cars. I love infusing newer technology, almost like a kind of retro mod or restore mod kind of kind of build, where I put modern injection and flex fuel and turbocharging with, and and CAN bus and drive by wire into these older cars. So I love that, being able to capture the beauty of old cars and also incorporate newer technology. I love anti-lag, you guys have seen my videos where I'm shooting flames and doing this crazy stuff. I never had interest in the EV space. As a matter of fact, with the CRZ, <clears throat> which is right behind me here, or in front of me here, that was the first car that I ever played with that had, um, <coughs> I should have eaten that stuff before. It's the first car I played with that had um, any kind of electric motors in it. So it has this axial motor that exists between the gearbox and also the engine. And that allows you to use that as a generator and also an absorption unit. So that being said, 
Hi to you as well, Alibu. Hello, Chine Mendewo. Um, it allows you the opportunity to have the benefits of petrol engine and without the range anxiety and also all the benefits of EV. And my first thing when we we're going to build this car is to take that out, dispose of it, and put a K-series. And Honda said, absolutely not. So <laughs> I'm glad I stuck with it. We got it to 533 horsepower, 533 gearbox destroying horsepower, and it was amazing. And I was so amazed at the benefits of the electric motor. It allowed me to have great takeoff. It allowed me to have a seamless integration into boost. It allowed me to, without that lag, have a big turbo on the CRZ where the EV part, the electric motor part, allowed me to have good power down low. And right when that part started tapering off, boom, the turbo kicked in. So it was, it was amazing. I destroyed a BMW M3 right over here with this thing. And it was, guy was like, what is in that car? I'm like, hey, it's technology. So that was a little taste. And then Acura kept sending all those NSXs here. And then we took it to the drag strip, both Hedy and I. And we were, we were beating slick down VA cars with 530 or so, 560 or so horsepower in an NSX. And it's not because the thing was so powerful, the electric motors gave us the advantage. So I said, you know what? <sighs> Reluctantly, let me try. Um, spoke to quite a few people. There's a guy by the name of Ian. He's a voice actor in Hollywood. I had the opportunity to go to PEC and see his EV conversion. Spoke to Michael at, at Dept at EV West. He gave me some influence as well. Um, then my good friend, one of my fabricators here, uh, Marvin showed me this video of this sand rail that's just killing people with EV. I said, that's it. This looks like it could be a really good performance platform. So that came to creation. I said, let me just build it, see how it is. It could be a great opportunity. It could be crappy. But I also want to build a car that if we build it, everyone pays attention. And hence, what was ideal? The 935. It's a platform that purists love because it's, it's almost in the heyday of Porsche Group 5 racing. Um, a lot of young guys may like the look because it's very wide and crazy arrow. So the new Porsche files will say, hey, that's pretty cool. I kind of like that slant nose. And it's just something classic, something I just grew up loving. So why not use that? And that's what we did. We built that, and that was it. And first time I drove this thing, I was hooked. Guys, I can't explain. All the people out there who say that EVs don't have soul, they have never, ever driven a performance EV. It is amazing. Absolutely fantastic. Um, William is asking, how useful would aerospace engineering be when building and designing cars, and what aspects of improving a car's performance it can be utilized? Quite a few. The one thing about aerospace engineering, above and beyond aerodynamics being a key element in that design, is efficiency. Being able to, especially in aerospace, design components that not only become a lot more efficient, but you're constantly finding ways to improve their efficiency, constantly finding ways of improving travel, fuel, heat management. These are all things that are important in designing and building cars, especially in the performance arena. So studying aerospace engineering and taking a few electives in the mechanical engineering, like heat and mass transfer, fluid dynamics, thermal, taking those electives, which are also transferred to your aerospace curriculum very nicely, can help you become a better automotive design engineer. So it does work together very well. Which vehicle are you most scared of to drive? The turbo Porsche or the electric Porsche? It says 1959 EL, by far this EV. For many years, um, the Porsche, blue Porsche, which is I'm looking at here, the IROC Porsche, I'll try and flip this around so you guys can see it. Um, forgive me on YouTube once again. So you see that blue IROC Porsche right there? That vehicle is a car that many people were afraid of. 
journalists, like, this thing should be on the street. I remember Matt Farrar, like, my goodness, this thing is just ridiculous. He was, like, driving around at 60% throttle. The guys from um, DDE just drove it a couple months ago, and they're like, oh, this is ridiculous. Hello, TurboSmart headquarters. <laughs> Good seeing you indeed. TurboSmart are my neighbors here, with, and they're immaculate experts in turbocharging control systems. So thank you so much for being who you are. But for me, this 850 horsepower, 2400 pound vehicle was just comfortable. I love it, it was very good. Back here, that thing is terrifying. I did my little BC mode in the corner here, I almost crashed. It is, even though it doesn't have as much horsepower peak, the torque is significantly more than the blue Porsche. And that torque happens very much lower, so it is much scary to drive. Mozambique is in the house, courtesy of Silvio Coho. This happens every Tuesday, right? About this time? You hear that? It's my trash people picking up our refuse, you know? It's, it's, really, it's really crazy. Um, are there any petrol piston engines you refuse to work on regardless of pay? No, I, I love petrol engines. It's just, I have no objection to building them. There's not one that I refuse at all. Um, Son of Pain is asking, do you do collaborate Dodge? Not officially. So. Many of you may know my good friend, um, Ralph Gilles. He's the head of global design for FCA, for Fiat Chrysler Automobile Group. And I've, he's introduced me to quite a few people in Dodge as well, and we're very good friends. I spoke to him this morning, actually, about some projects. So at this point, I have a... And he influenced me to get a Viper, by the way, my first Viper. It's a very bad influence. And now today, we're talking about doing some Alpha projects, and he's trying to convince me to really do some old-school Alpha stuff. So maybe that'll happen, but... Officially with Dodge as an OEM partner, not yet. Christy Dacosta is asking, do you think there's potential for hydrogen cars to have serious performance like EVs now have? It's possible. It's just that the density of hydrogen is quite challenging. What I, what I end up seeing, um, probably short term, to make that goal a reality, which I think is fantastic, is using hydrogen as a means to generate electricity for the EVs. So I see that. And... It's so weird, you have companies like BMW and American Honda who are investing, and Hyundai, who are investing a little bit more into hydrogen-based vehicles, but they seem to be going more full-fledged into plug-in hybrids and plug-in EVs, which is pretty interesting. What is the land care and trash trucks doing? <laughs> Actually, yeah, I know, it's the time. I chose Tuesday, and they tend to come that, that way, you know? Ali from Istanbul, wow. Oh, from Kuwait, but in Istanbul. Very nice. Thanks for joining me here. What is the highest speed you've reached in the EV Porsche? Um, I've not been able to take it to a track, but when I was in Mexico, um, it was taking to 110 miles an hour, but I have not gone fast. I just don't have a closed environment that's, that's safe enough to do something really good. So we're waiting for the tracks to open up here in Southern California. My calculations show me that 18,200 RPMs, which is the peak RPM redline on this car, that I'll be able to get to 165 miles an hour. So that's my goal. If I want to eclipse that mile an hour, I'll have to either change my tire size or my gearing. Hello, Hones Thief 914 good seeing you. BCB Booster Motors would be epic. Thank you so much for the kind words and the vote of confidence. Appreciate that. How do steam engines produce so much torque, says AJ Thompson. It's just the nature of how it is produced. Steam is a very strong expansion, how should I say, environment that exists. When you superheat a liquid, in particular water in this case, and create steam, it expands significantly. So imagine having a petrol engine, because it's all it's doing. Remember, petrol engines are nothing but glorified 
energy converters and it's the energy of combustion that causes this expansion that does work on the piston. The work that has been done by steam is a lot more aggressive and that's the reason why. The challenge is the RPMs are severely limited, you know? Tap to pay respect says, can you compare your K3V to the Omaze Electric 911? Yes, I can. Um, let's see. Um, in simple comparisons, body-wise, that is a narrow body, long hood, um, older vehicle with a limited contact patch for tires, and this is a pretty wide body K3V based vehicle. And what that means is for all things being equal, any power output, this does have the capability of being much faster because of contact patch alone. Secondly, how it's initiated. Um, I had the opportunity to spend time with the Omaze guys um, recently, or the, actually the people from San Diego that uh, put that vehicle together. And they have a very unique way of getting the car running. There's a screen, touch screen that you touch, and then you play with power outputs, and you shift with a touch screen and all this stuff. Um, with my vehicle, it's more like an enthusiast automobile. So you essentially just put in the key, turn, and use the shifter to initiate your gears. And that being said, it feels more like more motorsport and more vehicle, like, like enthusiast-based, opposed to touching screens. Um, above me, over that power output. I think that one has, um, I think they have a Tesla swap there that's a bit of a base unit, I believe. So I think that hovers in the upper 300, um, no, no, actually, probably mid, mid or low 300, maybe 335 kilowatts. Um, ours is a 475 kilowatt setup. I think their RPM peak is about 15,000 RPM. This RPM peak is 18.2. Um, I don't know much about their range. I need to talk to them about that. I don't know if they have 32 kilowatt hours like I do. But um, apart from that, this looks more motorsports. That looks more cruiser. This makes more power, and this is much more wider. And I'm sure if they raced, this would be much faster. Have any time to tune my Velocity N? Says Subi no Gigzagabe. I think you're my neighbor. I think I met you recently at Pep Boys. So what you have to do is call Lindsay up front. And she can book you in. She does all my schedule. I know right now I'm two weeks out. Two, maybe, I think I'm booked to the first of May. So if you need a tune, it may take that while. But what I do have in the meantime is I do have access to some AEM intakes that can help you if you don't have an intake system already, you know? What type of EV kit will fit in a Miata? Where would the batteries end up? It depends, Pinwolf. The one thing about EV conversions nowadays is it's very modular and it's almost like the Wild Wild West. So, there are different, for example, just in batteries alone, there are different styles of LG chem batteries that exist. There are some smaller ones that are air cooled, there are some larger ones like what we use. And you have the capability of putting it in the rear. In the rear, you can put it where the engine compartment, where the engine used to be. It depends on how much range you want. Now, for a motor perspective, there are two kits that you could do. One is very invasive or fairly invasive. The other one is not invasive at all. The very invasive one is like taking something like an architecture that um, I would say Karma or Tesla has, whereas this integrated motor and differential and an inverter unit that looks like a T, and having that impregnated into the rear of your vehicle where your drive shaft typically would be, or I say your rear differential would be. Now that requires some, some shaving, some modifying of that area because it's, they're fairly large units, especially the Tesla ones are pretty large, and that requires some surgery and fabrication to make that fit. But it's a pretty straightforward application and no need for a gearbox or any crazy stuff like that whether you're using a Tesla or you're using the one from Karma. Now, the other option that is not invasive at all is where you retain your rear end, you retain your gearbox, and you make an adapter plate and use something like, um, they have these canister-type AC motors that exist. Um, they rev to about 7,000 to 8,000 RPMs. They have limited output in terms of power, 
um, and there are quite a few, and they have some more powerful ones by Cascadia, but that will allow you to have an adapter plate and use your gearbox. Now, first and second gear may be absolutely use, useless because they're pretty aggressive in terms of torque output, these electric motors, but it allows you to even just use third and fourth, and you can initiate, and anytime you want to go in reverse, you can reverse the rotation with the AC, and then you can go backwards, which is pretty cool. So those are the two, but no matter what system you choose, the batteries would typically go where the petrol engine was, around that, and probably in the rear as well. So I hope that helps. ZDMAX is asking, he left and came back, welcome back by the way, if I ever work on or build on the VQ platform. It depends, I don't have a relationship with, with Nissan. A lot of projects you see come from here are because of relationships with manufacturers like Lexus who just dropped that one off. So I've been playing with that quite a bit. As we have relationships with manufacturers, it allows us the opportunity to build cars and build really great new cars and even focus some of the older projects to give them a new life based upon our interaction with them. So since I don't have a relationship with Nissan USA, you will not see, short term at least, any VQ platform engines. Now in the future, if that happens, you will see plenty of them, you know? Thoughts on boosting stock D15B2 block as JBS tuning? I think it's very possible, but you must go with low boost. The challenge with the D15B2 blocks are the connecting rods. They're very weak, followed with the rod bolts. So if you're gonna do anything north of 250 horsepower and you wanna do it reliably, you may want to go ahead and build your, build your setup. OMF Gomer, good seeing you. Thank you for joining us, and I appreciate everything you do and your support indeed, you know? Um, if you West makes a different gearing for the large Tesla drive units, would you consider changing the gear for a little more top end, says 1959EL. Yeah, um, my friends at Quaife actually manufacture that, and I'm familiar with that. And as you know, um, Michael Quaife has been here quite a few times, and so has Dale, who's, who's one of their general managers there. And we work very closely with Quaife, and they do have that. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but that numerical number lowers the gearing significantly. So instead, for being, let's say you have a Tesla drive unit, and that's, I think, 9.73 is the final drive. I think it drops as low as 4.7. Now, that's good if you're going to use a Tesla drive in conjunction with, let's say, a rear differential. So that allows for a good multiplier. For that low a ratio, man, it would really change the output of that motor significantly. Um, I would opt, if I want a more top end, for a gearing that's more closer to maybe seven to one, and can I justify that with my friends at Quaife? Maybe, when I go to visit them again in Seven Oaks in the UK, once this COVID thing comes to pass, I'll have that conversation with them. Thank you so much, Honest Thief, good seeing you. Hello, HQ Engineering. Wow, we have some parts for you here. How are you? How's the CD5? I'm thinking about getting a CD7. OM Gomer, it's amazing. The one thing about this, the CD version of dashes for AEM, and, and I have some good videos on, on YouTube that you can take a look at, uh, where I have this Hot Wheels one, and I talk about a little bit with the one on the EV, is completely configurable. So whether you have a factory ECU with an OBD output, you have a Haltech, Motec, Hondata, AEM, you can configure the CAN to accept this data. Even if you have an EV setup, you can configure and read, literally, I have a BMS in here, right? Battery Management System from Orion. I was able to create my own CAN addresses, create a DBC file, take that DBC file, export it into my laptop, and then add it onto the CD5 with ease and read whatever my BMS was doing. 
So it's very configurable, very user-friendly. You can, the one cool thing is that you're not fixed or dedicated to a type of dash. You can put your face on the screen and use your eyes and nose and mouth as dials and gauges. It's pretty, it's pretty good, and I love it very much. So by all means, get it. You will not regret it, you know? What's your favorite four-port boost solenoid? I need to know, BC. Well, I tend to opt for three ports, only because it gives me a lot much more resolution. Um, the four-port ones, I don't really use, so I don't have a favorite one. But um, I don't want to get people in trouble here, but there's one particular manufacturer that does a good job at making these that a lot of people tend to rebadge. Um, so that brand is a good one, and it's blue in color. That's all I can say. Todd is saying, any thoughts on the Fiat multi-air system? Would you consider a, a 500 Abad build? I would consider that. The multi-air system is pretty clever because many of you don't know this, it doesn't have a throttle body. So it uses hydraulics on the valve train to be able to induce air. And I think years ago, Dodge did something very clever. I think there was some cross-pollination there. But um, a lot of tuners are terrified of it. I think it's absolutely fascinating. Um, the weird thing about the Abarth is that the market is not very strong. So as a team, if we invest heavily in making parts for that, I don't know how far that would go. But I wouldn't be opposed to building one, you know? Honest Steve says I should make my own books. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that indeed. Hello, Iken. Nakekwana, how are you? Um, Maya is asking, is there a boost by gear protocol for EVs? Um, if you mean boost in terms of pressure, no. But if you mean boost in terms of power output and torque, yes. So... EVs, counter, contrary to what many people may think, is very tunable. And what I mean by that, you can tune the torque delivery very nicely. Everything from simple protocols, or relatively, sim relatively simple protocols like launch control, to being able to have different driving patterns. You can tune something to act like a petrol engine, where it starts off with low torque, goes to peak and falls off. You can go all out, like I did once on this, and I'll never do again. Um, you can do many things, so you can have a protocol or pseudo type traction control as well that allows you to have boost per gear or per vehicle speed or power per gear per vehicle speed. So very possible. Thank you, Honesty, if you are so kind. Give me so many fantastic things. Sonna Payne says, I can see a Tesla and BC collab, but since both love electric power, but it'd be cool to see a 600 mile range though. Yes, Sonna Payne is possible. So here's the thing. Today we can, as a matter of fact, we all know, well, most of us do know that Tesla the new Roadster performance is shooting for that 600-mile range and has capability, as we have read, we haven't seen that in practicality yet, to be charged extremely quickly. I think in two to three hours, you're going to have a full charge. I think you can get up to 60, no, 80% charge in less than an hour. So that 600-range technology exists today. Here is the thing, weight, which we all know is the enemy performance. The reason why that K3V weighs only 2,681 pounds as is, sitting just as it is today, is because I have 32 kilowatt hours of battery. Now, what does that mean? My range is limited, depending on how you drive, anywhere from 140 to 180 miles. If I wanted to increase that capability, all I have to do is add battery modules. But that adds weight. Every large module I add that gives me capability of adding 50 to 80 more miles in terms of range will add 240 pounds to this chassis. So, I don't, I had a goal when I had this built, my goal was to be able to get the range that was better than my 5th Gen Viper. And my 5th Gen Viper, with a full tank of gas, that beautiful American exotic, 
I could get 120 miles. And that's me just driving normally, okay, having a little bit of fun here and there, but 120 miles, I have to fill up again. So if I build a performance EV that are also very exotic in nature and exceeded that 120 miles, I am good to go. And that was my goal and I achieved it. So that was it. 600 miles is possible, but it adds a lot more weight. Really hope that graphene batteries take off so we can lower, lower weight. There are so many different types of technologies that companies and universities are exploring. It'll be absolutely fantastic. We're really in the infancy stage of battery technology, and it's the wild, wild west out here. We're going to do some great things as time progresses. Hello, Falcon lover. I just spoke of you this Saturday. Um, we had a, a digital, or I would say a no-contact virtual car meet with the Porsche Club of America, San Gabriel Valley, and that particular theme was model cars. And I showed you a model car, Falcon lover, Zach, who made this beautiful, very accurate mini scale of this particular K3V, and I was very proud. I told them, I wish I had the talent to build this, I just don't, I built large cars, but Zach did this, and he did a smashing job, and people loved it so much. Hello, Gray Tenth, good seeing you indeed. It's great seeing you again, and thanks for visiting us last week and doing some nice filming with us as well. Miss um, Sedan, Oba says, why do Teslas feel like they fall off at higher speed? Because that's the nature of it. Like, um, it's almost like saying, why do gasoline cars feel like they're slow at first and then get powerful and slow again? Um, it's just the nature of it. Now, that could be, and if you look at, here's what I encourage you guys to do. I don't know if you know that Borg Warner, yes, the turbo company, is investing heavily into EV technology, into electric motors. And they have, through the Cascadia brand, this particular, these charts, and it may look boring to some of you guys, but I encourage you to take a look at it. And it shows the nature of the electric motors. And it gives a very good understanding of electric motors as well, Ms. 3 Sedan Oppa. It shows where you have this torque curve, a power curve, of an electric motor that starts out really high, and as RPM goes up, it comes down lower. But if you stay with higher voltages, let's say you start at 240 volts, you have a, a pretty rapid down decline, and then you go to 400, and the decline is not as acute. And you go to like 600, it's not as obtuse. You go to 800, it stays up even further. It's just the nature um, of these mechanical devices. Whether it's petrol, or whether it's gasoline, or whether it's ethanol, or whether it's electric, they all get to a point where the efficiency is not as ideal and they fall off. Now, electric motors stay a lot more efficient, but they do fall off just like petrol engines do. You ever look at your dyno chart on any car? You see how quickly it falls off? EVs don't fall off that crazy, you know? Relentless Racing, AJ, hello, sir. Can you accommodate more battery mode? Yes, I can. So if in the back of the EV here, the whole top space where the petrol engine used to reside with the air-cooled fans and the intake manifold, all that's empty. That's all real estate for batteries. So I can stack and stack and stack and stack back there um, in the back seat area. No one sits there. It's caged up. I can stack and stack and stack back there. Um, the battery box that Sam made in the front, there's so much space around it. So I have the capability of adding honestly, range-wise, without compromising the integrity or look of the vehicle. We can all pretty much extend that by another 300 miles. So that gives, what, a 450-mile range? But the car be much heavier. <laughs> You'll probably add another 1,000 pounds to the car, which would put me in, what, almost close to 4,000, which makes sense, right? So now it's looking more like the other performance EVs out there, the other EVs out there, you know? William said, in racing applications, would it be possible to create a battery system that allows the battery itself to be completely replaced in order to save time? 
Um, yes, um, so many teams, so many companies have done a hot swap capability of batteries, but um, think about it. It depends on what type of racing. So most races don't last that long. Most races, I mean, we have a chance, and I'm so fascinated by this team. Look what VW did with the IDR and how they raced not only the Nürburgring, but they had a grand old time and broke records at Pikes Peak. Look at how long that, that race was and how well that car performed even in elevation. So it's, it's all, you know, almost like even petrol cars. You still have to come in pit, but think about it. Um, hot swaps may be a, an option, but most people tend to invest in heavier density and to make things happen that way. My team's climbing up on something. You guys okay over there? Okay, if you need a ladder, there's a ladder over here. Okay, my team is grabbing some stuff from really high up. Um, Brian SK7 says, do you have internship plans with your company? Yes, we always do. Um, if you're interested, send your resume to lab at bcmall.com and if you have what it takes, you get to join the team in that capacity, you know? I want to build my boxer to BC standards. Let me know what year you have. Maybe we have components already. Let me do an oil change in electric Porsche. Well, Dooms 818, you may be thinking you're joking, but there is oil in that. So you see the pure oil that's on the vehicle right now? Um, that's not just a fancy sticker just because pure oil guys are very kind to me. Um, we actually have oil in the transaxle. So that being said, um, I barely have, wow, since I put the motor in, I barely have a thousand miles on this thing. So that being said, there's no need for me to change the transaxle oil, but I'll consider that when the time comes. Hello, Luz Biana, good seeing you. Suzuka AP1, greetings, thanks for joining me. East Coast in the house, courtesy of Chewy Nax. Thank you so much. Take the van to Pikes Peak, BPK is, JT, I'm embarrassed. I am really embarrassed. Not only am I not embarrassed, um, not because of the noise that's happening next to me, but I'm embarrassed because the van has been to Pikes Peak. So what I'll do in the next day or so, I'll show you some footage of the van racing up Pikes Peak in the snow. So I'm sorry I have done a very poor job in showing that to you. It's totally my fault. Hello, Olua. Good seeing you. The auto industry probably couldn't function without BorgWarner. Their turbos are underrated, says Mayo Latson. Well, believe it or not, the performance division of BorgWarner is this much. Yes, they do a lot of OEM stuff, but the auto industry would function. <laughs> oh, my God. What's your thought process when doing unorthodox builds like the Porsche EV Porsche? It's really to create awareness. I mean, think about it. If I built the EV Porsche with a standard G-body or long hood 67, 912, or some... A lot of people really wouldn't pay attention to it. Um, our goal is to create awareness that the performance EV segment is real and can be quite enjoyable. And what better way of doing that to using a platform that's very eye-catching, very beautiful, and very well executed. So the team and I did a great job with this, and we have even something more exciting to come. So for those purists that are very upset with me and vexed that I did this, because I, I get it all, people, people ask me if it's... Um, <laughs> people ask me or tell me that I, I, I murdered a car, I, I, forgive me, I've been working like a bit dead here, I was taking the engine apart before we did this, um, that I, I, I desecrated a 935, it's sacrilege. Guys, honestly, I saved this car, and I have another one I'm saving now, and that's going to be crazier than this one. So that's going to be absolutely fantastic. 
Um, I saw a good question come here. Does the EV have its factory transaction? Not at all. Mr. MR2 Freak, if I put a factory, like this year chassis, which is 84, had a 915 gearbox. If I put that 915 gearbox with this kind of power and torque, it would last a few seconds. It would destroy that gearbox. There's just not, there's no way. So it has its own dedicated transaxle, which is quite robust. The only drivetrain part that has factory, as you saw with a few of my posts a moment ago, the factory axle stub snapped. So that's the one thing that's still of the factory drivetrain that exists, and it snapped clean off on both sides. So thank goodness I opted with driveshaft shop's axles, and those guys, their axles are amazing and held, but the one factory part that I had in drivetrain on this EV went goodbye. So working with drive shop to make something even more robust and we should be good to go after that. But right now I put in the factory unit just to get around and it's pretty good. Hello, official Ariola, good seeing you. Thank you for joining me here, appreciate that indeed. When are you starting the all-wheel drive van conversion? Um, Oki Bytes, that was an April Fool's joke, but because of the sheer attention and interest that people had, it may happen. We're talking to American Honda, let's get out of this COVID and see what we can do to make that a reality. People need to grow up, says Mael, and realize you can like both and they both can coexist. Absolutely, I love petrol. You know what, guys? Gasoline, diesel, methanol, ethanol, electric, rotary, steam. As long as it goes fast, I love it. I'm a performance guy first. I get it. Most people treat petrol engines as a religion. Most people treat marquees as a religion. I get it. I appreciate that. I can see that. But honestly, it is, um, guys, it's not that serious. To call people names because they put a platform that you don't appreciate, and I, I get it. I was the same way. It's one thing, but it's, it's, it's uncalled for. As a matter of fact, I was against EVs, and you know why I was against it? Not because I experienced it, but because of the influence of people around me saying, oh, it has no soul, oh, it sucks, oh, it's destroying stuff, it's horrible, it's, 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 it's an abomination. And, and, and I listened. I was just like those guys, I listened. But I didn't call anyone names, but I just, it wasn't my cup of tea until I experienced it. And I'm telling you guys, it's life-changing. I am not surprised that manufacturers are really groveling towards it, are running towards it. I'm fine, thank you so much. Official Ariole, thank you so much. Um, have they adopted LiPo batteries to EV yet? And if so, can it benefit in weight? And yes, some people have, but it's still, once again, the density and charging capability that's a challenge, you know? Um, which car in your stable post the best time at the ring? Be us apart, honestly, that, that EV. Prior to this, it would have been the blue 911, but now it's, it's this. Or it, it would have been a tie maybe between the blue 911 and maybe the wagon, um, but definitely this, this performance EV, the 935, is definitely the one that can do that, indeed. Having some challenges here with my phone, misbehaving. Okay, here we go. Thank you so much, Be a Fiend. Appreciate that. What is the best way to have Autodesk modeled parts made? Are 3D printing services the way to go? It is, Philip Stracer. And I like Autodesk stuff, so I use Fusion 360 with my designs, and it's a very, very capable software. I know a lot of people like SolidWorks, that's great. 
Um, but um, the cloud-based, I mean, capabilities and just they're constantly updating and improving. It's just Autodesk has come a long way in the past even year. So Fusion 360 is my go-to program. I like it quite a bit, you know? Do you think it's possible to build a battery pack with a BMS that allows switching between parallel and series for high amperage or voltage with a quick launch and a high top speed? Yes. However, Carter Backer Customs, there is an inherent danger in what you just mentioned. And I'll tell you what it is. It is extremely dangerous to connect parallel packs if their voltage is on in close delta to each other. Very, very, very dangerous. So what I prefer to do is to have parallel packs exist and only have them connect when they're within three volts of each other. And even that three volts is very generous on my part. I should tighten that up quite a bit. So I would rather have the parallel packs in continuity, unless there's an issue and you can deactivate them um, as, as, as the issue comes about. But I'd rather use torque management to limit and use the BMS as a means to monitor and let things happen via the BMS to make sure things are okay. But I wouldn't condone having, a, let's say, a, a, one pack running and then adding a parallel on demand because that could be quite detrimental if not done properly. Thank you so much, Senban says, I inspired yesterday in the official Areola live chat. I really, I met this gentleman, he's from my country, official Areola, he's a great guy, just such a fun guy. I haven't laughed that much in a long time. I really love him, he's, he's fantastic. And you can end up seeing more and more things from us, which is great, you know? Josh Wonderbread says, I always love watching these streams. I love, I always learn something. Thank you so much, I'm here to help. And once again, my goal here is to give back to this country that's been great to me. And being that person I needed when I was younger. There's so many times that I needed help learning and understanding something, and people just shun me away and push me away. And that being said, it was, it was just a challenge. I just couldn't, I couldn't do that or get people to even respond to me. So it was difficult, and it made me feel really bad. And only John Concialdi from AEM took me under his wing and helped me understand a lot. And I'm doing the same thing, and you can do the same thing too. You never know what someone's life is like. Be that person that you needed. Be there for someone because you never know how you can influence that person positively and point them in the right direction. And above and beyond that, from engineering terms, you see what I'm doing here. I break things down as much as I can so that all of you can understand it. Um, I, I really frown upon my peer engineers when they have a technical session speaking over the audience to appear to be very intelligent or to appear to feel bigger than, I don't know, it's just, it's just insecurity as far as I'm concerned. And by the, by, the way, by the way, I can chop it up with any of my peers, no problem, but where's the benefit in that? I want to be able to share that technology can be beneficial and understood and, and, and appreciated by everyone. So why not break it down to the lowest common denominator? Thank you so much, Carter Backer. My pleasure indeed. Hoard2K says, love my builds. I lo thank you so much. AJ, I appreciate you. I still have your sensor here, AJ. Please come on down. Are the mo motors in the EV brushes? Absolutely. Much newer technology. Appreciate that indeed, you know? Would you ever start a racing team in a formal form of motorsport? Um, only if my environment dictates and allows me that capability. Um, I did a lot of amateur and semi-pro racing, and that's how I met the manufacturers. I had a relationship with American Honda through racing, and American Honda, under the Honda Factory Performance, would pay me to race for them for many years, especially if I won, I got a nice little stipend. So it was really enjoyable, great, but now as a business, I'm pulled in so many directions, it's so difficult. As much as I'd love to, 
unless things really go crazy here and so great, then I can go back to what I love to do, which is racing and finding a great way to experiment. In the meantime, all I can do is rent out tracks, go to events, and test some of the components that we have that we create here. And we're going to be doing a ton of testing on this, indeed, you know? Hello, Jokai. Good seeing you. Appreciate that, indeed. Do you build your own parts or send them out? I don't know. Do you build your own parts or send them out, says Engineering Ra. I assume, do we build our own parts or do we send them out? So I'll answer that question very easily. A lot of design is ha happens here. Um, I have partners like Sam, who I think he's still here, who can help me design some cool things, which is great. Any low production run things are done here. If I need more volume, Sam can help me with that, or I have another place out in Irwindale that can do that for me in great volume as well. So by all means, yes. And if it's the car builds, that corner right there, that's right where fabrication stuff is, that's where Sam and Marvin have all that fun. So yes, when it comes to smaller parts, let's say like um, cam gears and so on and so forth, we can wrap a prototype here, test in small volume, and then have our CNC machine machine them for us. So I hope that helps. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that indeed. The Russian is asking, am I ever going to erase the, the Integra? Um, why would I erase the Integra? It's like me asking you, are you ever going to erase me? I don't, I don't understand. Um, just like boxers, a boxer doesn't box everyone who says box me. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> but I appreciate that indeed. Thank you nonetheless. For the question, I appreciate that. Are easy, EV swaps easy enough for the average home garage guy? I would say no. I really mean it. To do an EV swap is not like, and, and I appreciate that the time will come when packages can be very safe, but you need to have a very, very good understanding of electrical engineering to do it properly. Um, it's very dangerous. I'm dealing with over 400 volts in this. Um, there are systems out there that deal in 800 volts plus, so it's quite dangerous. You have to have a lot of safety equipment. You have to be very careful. Even with IMA setups, right? when I mean IMA, integrated motor assist, like what you would see in the CRZ over here, without the right tools, you shouldn't play with it either. Those can actually, with the magnets that exist with the center flywheel assembly, um, with all the windings inside of it, it could sever your fingers if you use your hands to pull it. it can, you can try and pull it, it can suck you in and sever all your digits. So you need proper tools and proper understanding of it. So the answer is no, it's just too dangerous. And there's so many things you can do improperly that can get you in trouble. So what I foresee from a do-it-yourself perspective in the EV world is where companies like ours or companies like EV, they will put together these kits and then you can install them. But the kits are pretty much complete. To start from scratch and start, you know, wiring up stuff. I mean, simple things like bus bars and connections and it can, it's, guys, it's so dangerous. I mean, I was alien to it myself, but I had to really go back and brush up on my electrical engineering background. I had to talk to a lot of engineers. Um, I had to consult with people from, from wow, KNU and, and Karma and, um, Friday Future, even Matt Peterson, um, uh, Michael Bream, uh, Andrew Drawled. I had to consult with these other well-established electrical engineers to even assist me with this. So, but my engineering background came into play significantly. 
And then so if you go into my office, I have drawings all over the place, all into my wife's office, drawings everywhere with just circuitry and, 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 and flow charts. It's all over the place. If you come to the office, any of you who've been to the office doing this, you know, no touch that you see everywhere, I've dream, drawn things everywhere. So it's quite, it's quite interesting. Art School is from Ukraine. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate that. I am doing well, Zumba Model Academy. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Um, what to quarter mile do you think that the EV can do sitting as is? Um, traction being my friend, okay, we did 0 to 60, 206. It will probably do nines. Can it do an eight? I need to do some tweaking, but it will do a solid nine. I'm, I'm, I'm confident. Just goofing off, cold batteries, cold tires, it'll probably do 10 something. It's a pretty fast car. I've seen people put holes in the rear bumper, particularly Honda Civics, and chop the bumper at the bottom as well. Does that have any performance advantage at all? Yes, it does, Robert Bond official. You know how the commercially available bumpers exist, especially those that are not of exotics. Exotics tend to have a flat bottom that extends all the way to the bumper. Most econoboxes, and that's a very nice way, or way that most media outlets refer to as the smaller Civics and Integras are econoboxes because they're like economy vehicles and they're meant for commuters, but we tend to build them to race cars. Those have bumpers that just like, there's a CRT right here that just catches air, it's like a mini parachute. And as you're driving down the strip or racing down the strip, that bumper is just catching air. It's just like little, you know, little thing like this and it's catching air. So when you drill holes in it, it does a great job in like, let's say, bleeding that air out, which is pretty nice. I have seen on my own CRX years ago, I think I saw a two mile an hour increase in my quarter mile times consistently whenever I put apertures in the back bumper. And when you cut the bumper out completely, you'll once again remove that parachute effect. So it does work and does help indeed, you know? So I hope that helps you, Robert Bonofficio. Bag Chaser says, how do you get to where you are right now? I'm going towards the same area as you. Need a good feeling of where to start. Um, persistence, dedication, and a lot of hard work. It's not easy. Guys, I left a well-paying six-figure job in pharmaceuticals in 2006 to open up Bisimoto. And for two years, I did not make much of anything. I mean it. I spent a lot of time creating the brand and working hard. And in an industry that was challenged because of the economic downturn and also in an environment where competitors found more pleasure in trying to focus on bringing someone else down than their own products. So it was really a very interesting time. But by saying persistent and focused, it allowed me to get to where I am today, which, by the way, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. So I'm still very focused on increasing and going forward. I find the new stations that exist or the new future mobility very exciting. And it's my goal to be part of that, especially in the high-performance EV space. It's something I find extremely fascinating, you know? Backyard Dre says, be my guest to the world. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate that indeed. Um, love to hear your opinion on the new FKA Type R and if you experienced any transmission issues. Thanks. Paint House Customs, I've been fortunate enough to have a great relationship with American Honda. So we saw the FK8 a year before it hit the market. So we had access to it. Um, we had a capability of working with companies like K-Tuner and Hondata to beta flash tuning right there where that Lexus ES300H is. That's where my dino cell is. I have the dino pack. And we had the team from Hondata come down here 
and test what the earlier model and jailbreak it and tune it. So that being said, um, we've not seen any transmission issues ourselves or with customers as well. The only issues we've seen is some heat soak just because of the nature of the intake being above the turbocharger. And that's about it, you know? So nothing crazy at all, nothing crazy. How reliable are oilless turbos? S2 Boost, I am not the one to answer that because I have not had experience with it. I've heard of companies doing that where they keep the oil in the cartridge to help allow with lubrication and some cooling, but I have never, ever, ever experienced it myself. So if I do, I will let you know. Um, I, um, my relationship with turbocharging, I have a little bit with Garrett, but a lot with turbonetics and a lot with precision. And those guys do not have such a system, you know? Have you done any work with the Factor 5 kit cars? We'd love to pursue an EV build on one of their platforms. I would love to do that with you, Texas Holyfield, if you're interested in doing that. We were supposed to do a, a Factory 5 build with Mattel, but that never came to approval. So that being said, I have not, but I think that's pretty cool. I would love, you know what I'd love to do? I'd love to do an all-wheel drive Factory 5 setup. That would be ridiculous, because it'd be lightweight and just absolutely bonkers. I'd love to be able to do that, you know? Any interest in an EV rally build? Absolutely. I would love to do an EV rally. I'd love to do an EV off-road. I'd love to do an EV sand rail. I'd love to do an EV boat. I want to see how crazy we can get these, this beautiful torque monster motors to explore different facets of motorsports. I just want to be able to do that, you know? What do you think about the Civic SI with the Earth Dreams 1.5T? Is it a step backwards? Absolutely not. HR or Zoco is actually a step forward. And why do I say that? It gives you the power, I mean it, the power of a V6 with the weight of an inline four. And that's a big benefit indeed. It's really absolutely fantastic. And also the petrol miserly capability that exists with a smaller displacement engine, especially in vacuum, and also the fact it's a 1.5 liter. So we've seen, you know the Odyssey that I have, it's right over there, the 1,000 horsepower Odyssey? That thing made 200 horsepower stock in a V6 form. You do that now <laughs> with the SI, and it's stock, but it's two less cylinders, much smaller displacement, better gas mileage, and a turbo to boot that's very tunable, by the way. So I think it's a great, great thing indeed, you know? Are EVs easier to learn to tune than a normal car? That is to be determined. Um, we're still in the embassy, but as we sit now, I would say no, because there's so many parameters that are not very commonplace, that are not very well known, that have to go into tuning EV platforms. So that being said, and thank you so much for joining me as well, Imran from India. Um, I do have to go. My time is already up. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Beast Mode Tech Tuesday. I'll have it here on Instagram for another 24 hours. I will then chop it up with my good friend Mickey, who's a, Mickey's up front, and then make it condensed for you so it can be like a 7 to 10 minute condensed version of all the good stuff in it, and we'll put that on YouTube. So if you haven't subscribed to the Beast Mode YouTube page, go over right now. BC Moto on YouTube, subscribe, and you'll be able to see this and more. And what I'm doing with this Cayman, you'll be able to see that too, because I'm doing some really crazy stuff. All right, guys, thank you for joining me this afternoon. Have a pleasant day. Stay safe, and cheers. Bye-bye.